0: It is is the William Grant family. It still is Friday extravaganza. 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, bringing you home each and every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6. Also, again, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, great way to take the show with you everywhere. And, of course, Nash FM 106.1 and ericasher.com. Are, we're on the World Wide Web. Podcast is on every podcasting platform known to man. <laughs> so get out there and enjoy the podcast at your leisure. And, of course, don't forget um, uh, Doug Mouton of uh, wwl Channel 4 Sports joins us on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports tonight, 9 o'clock on Pelican, 10 o'clock on LAE, 2 a.m. on The Deuce every Saturday morning, every Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Already up on our social media platforms, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, and on Instagram at Inside New Orleans Show. So you can check out that uh, at your leisure as well as uh, on the WLA TV YouTube page, and shortly it'll be up on EricAsher dot com. On the program today, Will Guillory is about uh, three minutes away. Uh, he's live from Chicago. Pels take on the Bulls tonight in Game Two of uh, of the regular season. Uh, Fletcher Mackle will join us at 435. We'll talk Saints, LSU, Tulane, and Pelicans with him. And then Jordy Collada, the Jordy Collada Show, will join us at 510 this afternoon. And uh, uh, I'm sorry, 535 this afternoon. Pardon me, 535 this afternoon. And um, we will talk to him about uh, what's going on with LSU and Coach O. Uh, as mentioned, today's program brought to you by the William Grant Family Distillers, Family Distillers Independent Family Distillers since 1887. Henrik's Gin, Malago Tequila, Rekha Vodka, hottest spirits on the market. You love scotches? We've got an all-star lineup for you. Glenfiddich Scotch Whiskey, Grants Blended Scotch Whiskey, the Balvenie Scotch Whiskey. Uh, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey is the second largest selling Irish whiskey in the entire world. It's with the Irish drink. uh, Make sure you get a little Tullamore Dew. Of course, uh, don't forget about Fistful of Bourbon Whiskey and Hudson Bourbon. That's part of the bourbon portfolio. And the rum portfolio includes uh, Florida Cognac Nicaraguan rum and uh, Sailor Jerry rum. Every bottle of Sailor Jerry rum purchased in Louisiana a portion of those proceeds go to the God Foundation, Uh making sure that those that have served for us, again, active military, retired military members and their families, are taken care of. Insurance premiums, mortgage payments, utility bills, rent, uh, living expenses, all taken care of through the God Foundation. You can give directly to www.gotourtruths.org, or you can do uh, yourself a favor as well. Buy yourself a bottle of Sailor Jerry rum, all part of the portfolio of William Grant. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into it. We've got a very, very tight show today. Joining us on the program now, live from Chicago, uh, New Orleans' on Will Gillery of The Athletic. Will, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you for
1: having
0: me on. Always appreciate uh, having you on, and always appreciate, again, what you're doing for The Athletic. Tell the folks about that great publication because, I'm telling you, some fantastic writers, not just locally but nationally, internationally. Uh, it's a great place to be able to get your, your sports news from. Tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, man, for every time to come over subscribe with us, start of the NBA season, like you said, man, I'm so proud to be a part of this company and be surrounded by what I feel like is the best, best cast of writers you'll find anywhere. And that's beyond just the NBA, the NFL, MLB, hockey, soccer, whatever you're looking for. We got it, man. So come join the party. Uh, it's never too late.
0: Uh, and always got a great special out there. All you got to do is just, again, click on the uh, on the icon. I'll tell you everything you need to know. Well, not exactly, again, the way the Pelicans wanted to start off the, the new season under Willie Green. 117 to 97 losers to the 76ers. Well, it was just a tough night shooting, okay? I mean, just from, I mean pretty much everybody had a tough night. Uh, Brandon Ingram started off a little bit cold, but thankfully he got hot. Uh, I don't think we'll see another shooting night like that. And then, of course, Uh, The officials did no favors for them. They went to the the line nine times, six for nine from the line. Philly was at at the line 20 times. They go 16 for 20. And it's not like the Pels weren't being aggressive going to the the rim. So, again, I think a lot of things we saw in game one, I think, can again, just are naturally going to get taken care of as guys, you know, get a little bit more relaxed and feel a little bit more comfortable in their roles on this team.
1: Yeah, and you spoke about things that aren't going to happen again. How about Jonas Valanciunas going three of nineteen from the field? The worst <laughs> Unbelievable night of his career. A guy who shot almost sixty percent from the field last year couldn't make a shot, and it was wasn't like you know he was taking tough shots. or Joel Embiid was making his life that much harder. He was just missing bunnies that he's made a million times in his career. I talked to uh, talked with him today at, at shoot around. He was just like, man, it's just one of those things. You know, you got to go through it. And keep taking your shots, and believe your work is going to come through. So I think we're definitely not going to see that again from him. Hopefully, right. I, I think, uh, yeah, I just think they, like you said, they need to keep playing with that same level of aggression they had. I think they need, to, they need probably need to get their guards a little bit more involved. Devontae Graham is a mm-hmm. guy I want to see tonight. See if he can get more involved in the offense. And I think Brandon Ingram is going to be the most interesting person on this team until Zion comes back. Kind of how how, how he handles. The leadership role he has to step into, how he handles, you know, his level of aggression, how much he's shooting the ball, how much he's getting his teammates involved. Because it's something we saw, you know, during Zion's rookie year when he was out, how B.I. handled that lead score role. But, you know, he doesn't have a Drew Holiday here anymore to share that role with. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that and how how he kind of steps into that leadership role because they're going to need him until he gets back.
0: It's tough to lose 27-7, and seven, especially, again, when you look at, uh, you know, they were beating points in the paint. Rarely are you going to see this team be beating points in the paint.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, this is the team that was number two in the league in points in the paint last year. And, of course, having the best paint, sc- paint scorer in the league <laughs> helped with Zion Williamson and losing sure. him is tough. But, I mean, Jonas valens was number seven last year in points mm-hmm. in the paint. So he's a guy – who can dominate around the rim. And we saw that a bunch last year. I think back to that plan against the Golden state Warriors where he just destroyed them around the basket. So I think we're going to see him do that kind of stuff during the course of the year. But he's a guy, you know, uh, certain matchups work well for him and certain and other matchups don't. So they're going to have to find other means to get that, that uh, you know, downhill uh, style in their offense that Zion brought so often. And I think you brought it up earlier. Those guys just got to keep driving. Those guards have to keep staying mm-hmm. aggressive. They got to try to make the game easier on B.I. Because we know B.I. likes to get to the run. But he also – Loves to take those little mid-range jumpers. Loves to get his three balls up. So I think it's going to be on guys like Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kyra Lewis to really bring that downhill style to the offense and, and make it a little easier to open up some of those outside jumpers for other guys.
0: Will, will glory of the Athletic is, is our guest. Will, Josh Hart got injured early in, in the 76ers game, expected not to play tonight. How do you think uh, this will will sort of affect the rotations for Willie Green and, and especially the starting lineup? I was a little surprised to see him in the starting lineup the other night. Uh, again, I think he's a much better player coming off the bench. Uh, but uh, what do you think happens now? Uh, again, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker belongs in the starting lineup uh, along with Graham. Uh, is it going to be a forward that's going to be moved into that lineup instead of three guards? How do you think he's going to play it?
1: Yeah, I would say it's probably between Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy. Uh, I think he likes the idea of having Trey Murphy with that second group because he's the best shooter among those guys. Uh, so I would probably lean towards Najee Marshall. I think Josh Hart might have been a matchup-based uh, you know, pick in that first game, having somebody that can de- deal with Tobias Harris mm-hmm. down there in the paint. Uh, the, the Bulls don't necessarily have that guy at the forward position uh, you know they got a whole bunch of guards you got to deal with so I can see maybe a Najee Marshall stepping in there and dealing with a guy like Jamar DeRozan or Zach Levine uh, but yeah I mean Willie Green has said it multiple times that he wants to be fluid with this starting lineup. He's very secretive about his starting lineup. He doesn't want to tell us anything about his starting yes. lineup uh, but I think he's been consistent that you know whatever he does he is not in concrete and I think he wants to be fluid. He wants to be matchup based and I think the fortunate thing for him is that they got a pretty deep bench of uh, guys on the wing. So even without Josh Hart, they got a, a bunch of different options for him to go to. I think it's just a matter of finding the right you know, matches with guys trying to – the right type of lineups because uh, it's so new for this team. It, it, the backcourt's completely different. There's yes. no Zion. Jonas is a new – and a different style of center than they've had in a long time here. So I think it's going to take them some time to figure out how to make all these pieces fit. Uh, but I think the fortunate thing is they got a lot of talent, and, and that's the most important thing in this league.
0: And guys are going to have to be confident uh, shooters, especially those secondary shooters that are coming off the bench, guys that are that are not named Brandon Ingram. Uh, those guys have to be able to start feeling more confident. There were times in in, in the game on um, against 76ers where Brandon Ingram was on the floor, and guys are just they don't want to take open shots. They're looking to, they're looking to pass the ball, which is fantastic. But again, if you got a good open shot, you got to knock that down. Guys are going to have to start feeling much more confident of their roles within, within that offense. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: And I think that just comes with time, and guys understand how to play together. And I think if anything, it shows you the effect Willie Green has had on them because that's something he, you know, been harping on from the beginning of the training camp. He wants this team to share the ball. He wants them to be much more fluid in their offense and, and get more people involved than they had last year. Where we talked about it so many times. It was so reliant upon Zion and B.I. to do everything last year. And that's not how Willie Green wants to run his offense. He wants to be up and down the court, playing fast, making quick decisions, moving the ball. And I think it's a good thing where you're telling guys to not be as passive rather than, you know, we need to start moving the ball, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's a matter of just finding that right balance and understanding where your shots can come from. And, and that's going to happen when you got so many new guys in different roles uh, but I think over time they'll, they'll probably figure it out just because Willie has such a great understanding of how he wants to run his offense.
0: Now, defensively was an issue last year. Uh, again, the ability to identify shooters. That ended up eking back into the game against the 76ers, not ad- identifying who's the shooters. Uh, I did like the energy and effort on, on the defensive end, but still a little bit little bit slow in getting out to those outside shooters. Look, at the NBA. you got to put a hand in somebody's face. Leave a guy open wide open shot, they're going to knock it. Uh, hopefully, again, they'll, they'll start to get those defensive rotations down. But, look, I've been telling everybody since since, the, since game one, it's one of 82. You cannot read into mm-hmm. this. You really got to look at this as, as again, a quarter at a time in the NBA uh, on, again, how a team grows. It's just going to be hard, though, because now you got a situation where Zion, we don't know how long he's going to be out. So whatever you're doing now is obviously going to change once he comes in because he's such a ball dominant.
1: Yeah, no, no and I think a part of that is, that, you know, having so many young guys and bigger roles, right? Nikhil Alexander-Walker playing a bigger role than he ever has. Kyra Lewis is stepping up now. Najee Marshall was an undrafted guy. He was a two-way. Hit. All of a sudden, he's one of the more important pieces in this rotation. Uh, so guys are still figuring it out, still learning. And I think something you see a lot with young guys is if their shots aren't falling and you see the head go down, you see the the focus kind of dropping on the defensive end, and that's something you got to learn over time in the NBA because these guys are so great. You don't have time to to stop to worry about your offense because they can go drop another bucket on you on the other end. So I think that comes with time, and I think uh, of course they're gonna it's gonna hurt not having Zion in that lineup. Uh, they're gonna miss him a lot, but I think it's gonna be beneficial for a lot of those young guys because they're gonna have to step their games up, and it's not about them standing around and waiting for Z to come save them. They're gonna have to go do it themselves, and mm-hmm. I think we saw it in game one with Nikhil Alexander-Walker coming out being very aggressive on the offensive end. And I think you're going to see more of that as the season goes along. These guys taking ownership of what's going on on the court. That's what you want to see from young players, right? Them figuring out how to establish themselves, how to set their stamp on a team. And I think that's what we need to see more from these young guys. If they're going to try to fill those big, you know, 285-pound
0: shoes, that listen,
1: without Zion, they're going to need these guys to step up. And I think that's going to be a good thing down the line once you get Z back in the lineup.
0: One thing I am interested to see again, of course, this is, we'll talk about this after I get back from my break, but, um, you know, again, how Valanchunas and, and Zion are going to coexist. You mentioned he was seventh in, uh, Valanciunas was seventh in the NBA in points in the paint last year, and, of course, Zion first. How do those guys coexist? Uh, we know that Valanchunas can step out and hit the three, uh, which, again, uh, you know, we expect him to do more here. But, look, again, you're taking away a big part of his game if he's not in the paint.
1: Yeah, I think – I talked about this a lot. I think there was a misconception with Z that you need a three-point shooting center, you need a floor-spacing center next to him to make the offenses work. And I think we saw a lot last year that that just wasn't the case. I, we saw him have a lot of success last year with Jackson Hayes, with mm-hmm. Billy Hernan Gomez. I think the big thing, you need a big man who can find open space, who can catch the ball, and who can finish. And I think Jonas Alachunas is one of the best – big men in the league at those three games. Yes. Uh, I think he has such great hands around the basket. He could hit a bunch of different shots, fadeaways, push shots. Now, he needs him to go in, unlike <laughs> that first game. Where right. None of them was going <laughs> in. Uh, but I think, I think, yeah, I think Jonas and Z could be a really good fit together. Obviously, Jonas is going to hit maybe one three a game. He's not afraid to take that shot. But I think more than anything, because of the attention Zion draws, and there's so many people running at him, Every time he's going to the rim, I think it's going to be really easy for Jonas to just step into that dunker spot, catch, and finish. And I think that's going to be probably more efficient than having a big guy out there shooting threes, maybe at a 33%, 35% clip, just to kind of hopefully make somebody spread out and check him out there. I think it's more efficient to have somebody right there in that dunker spot because he's going to be wide open all the time. You just need to catch the ball and finish.
0: I 100% agree about the dunker spot. It was something that's not utilized enough with this team, especially with, again, the Zion getting as much attention as he does. Will, hang in there for me. Got to take a quick break. Want to come back I want to talk about Zion Williamson. Uh, Will Guillory of, of, of The Athletic is with us. I'm Eric Asher. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. It is the William Grant family. It's still Friday extravaganza. Quick break. We'll be right back.
2: Marty McFly mornings, the best country for the North Shore all day. And the conversations New Orleans are having every afternoon happens on 1061 Nash Icon and online anytime at NashFM1061.com.
3: This report is sponsored by Circle K. Sip and save at Circle K with their new drink subscription. Enjoy one coffee or fountain drink every day for only $5.99 a month. Sign up in-store. Circle K, take it easy.
4: Delays remain heavy if you're traveling on 10 westbound from just past St. Bernard to Canal. Also, delays pick back up on 10 westbound from Bonneville to the airport. Be mindful of a stalled vehicle on 10 eastbound right at the Bonnet Carry Spillway. The left lane is blocked. 10 eastbound delays remain heavy from the Bonnet Carry Spillway to veterans. And 12 eastbound backups are from Elysian Fields to Downman. If you're traveling eastbound between the West Bank Expressway and the, and the Crescent City Connection as well as the Pontchartrain Expressway, delays remain heavy from Lafayette Street to the O'Keeffe-Howard Avenue exit. And on the westbound side of the West Bank Expressway, delays are solid from just past Ames Boulevard to Avondale. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. It is is the William Grant Family Distillers Friday's Travaganza. Reach for a William Grant product. Heading out to your favorite uh, bar, your favorite watering hole. Maybe, again, you're going out for dinner tonight. Uh, maybe you're restocking that liquor cabinet. Reach for a William Grant product. Independent family distillers since 1887. Will Guillory of The Athletic is our guest for a few more minutes. Will, let's talk about Zion. Again, just a cloud of controversy around him, it seems, since he got to New Orleans. Uh, this offseason, again, reports over the last few days that he had ballooned to 300 pounds, that, that, again, he had uh, surgery on, on his repair, on his broken foot, uh, without even uh, informing uh, the Pelican front office that his foot was broken and that he had the surgery. First of all, let me say this. I find that hard to believe, that, again, that the Pelicans had no knowledge that, that uh, Zion's foot was broken and he had surgery on his own. But look, you're very close to this situation. Uh, are any of these stories uh, accurate?
1: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I find it hard to believe that, that you know, they didn't know anything about it. I uh, think, you know, the stories about Zion's weight, you hear all type of crazy stuff about Zion's weight. I feel like I hear more about Zion's weight than actually Zion on the court. Uh, that's that's yep. the number one thing people want to talk about whenever, you know, people run up to me and ask me about the Pelicans. What's going on with Zion's weight? How big is his gut? You know, <laughs> what is he eating after games? And, you know, I can tell you we saw him in the first game, and he looked pretty good to me, uh, you know, mm-hmm. weight-wise. Obviously, he's starting to ramp up his activity, Still not doing anything five on five, but I, you know, I, yeah, obviously people love to make this Zion fat jokes, but I think he looks pretty good, you know, as of right now, and it's a matter of what he's gonna look like when he gets back on the court and when he can get back on the court. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the Z weight thing is just gonna be an ongoing story. I mean, did he touch three hundred pounds over the summer? Maybe, who knows because he's such a big guy, and he puts on weight very quickly. I think that's something mm-hmm. that you, you hear a lot is how quickly he puts on weight, how quickly he puts on muscle. Uh, but I think, again, it's all about what he looks like when he gets back on the court, and I think he's one of those guys who gets in shape by playing basketball, and maybe that's not the greatest thing. You will want him to be like a LeBron James, Chris Paul, who kind of the mm-hmm. uh, you know takes eating and sleeping very seriously. But I think that comes with time. And I think, again, when I, when I see him, he looks like he's ready to go, uh, but
0: it's all about when the team is ready to kind of unleash him. All right, let, let's, let's, let's talk possibly how long you think he can be out. Uh, look, I've talked to some uh, individuals that, that uh, either cover the Pelicans or are involved in the media here uh, that thinks that, that, again, he could be out as much as 20 games. Man, 20 games, that's a quarter of the season. That is a lot. Uh, is, that, is, that, uh, is that your opinion as well? Do you think it will be shorter, longer? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon. Uh, I don't know a number of games or anything like that, but I think if the guy is not even playing five-on-five five yet, he's obviously a long way away. And I think uh, we've seen the history with the Pels of how slowly they'd like to bring him along. I think uh, they're not going to be as cautious as they were in the past because he made it very clear that he wasn't happy uh, about the way they handled his rehab situation, the yes. rookie season. And, and you know, uh, again, this is happening during the beginning of the season, so he's going to want to get back. He's going to want to try to make it impact on his team, especially if they're struggling coming out of the gates. But uh, again, I think it's a matter of how that foot is feeling, how much they can ramp up his activity. And until he's playing five-on-five, I I don't see him coming back anytime soon. Uh, I think that update we get, you know, and that two-week mark, I think right around Halloween, is the date we should expect another update. I think that's going to be the big one because that's when they're going to really make a decision about how much he can do on court, how much they can really ramp up, uh, you know, how much he's involved in practice and those type of things. But, uh, again, until he's doing five-on-five, until he's working with the team in practice on the court, I I wouldn't be expecting him to be back anytime soon.
0: Final question for you, my friend. Uh, Talk about tonight's matchup against the Bulls.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's going to be super interesting, man. This is a a, a team that destroyed the Pelicans when they messed up in the preseason a few weeks ago. Obviously, the big storyline is going to be Lonzo Ball, first time against his old team. Uh, You know, are there any hard feelings there? Does Lonzo hate David Griffin? You know, that whole thing. Uh, But I think the the very interesting thing is Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, how the Pelicans handles those guys. Last year, you talked about the defense. Uh, I saw over and over again cars just destroy this team. Zach Levine was one of them. Last year, who had a huge game against the Pelicans. And now Willie Green coming in. How can he handle those guards? What type of matchups will he use? Because it's something that we're going to see over and over again. These great guards attacking this Pelican team. How they handle it is going to be the big question. they got a big test tonight with DeRozan and Levine.
0: Will, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate you jumping on from Chicago. Let the folks know how they can follow you on social media. Uh, and, of course, uh, have a safe trip back to the city. Absolutely,
1: man. You can follow me on Twitter at WillGillery G-U-I-L-L-O-R-I. Uh, like I said before, man, follow all my work on The Athletic. Got a bunch of fun stories coming out this year. We got some great content coming out related to the NBA 75. I know everybody's very angry about that right now. Who's mm-hmm. on, who's off. So we got uh, Well, to- Maravich
0: yeah. made it, so I'm okay.
1: <laughs> Pistol Pizza, you're good. Uh, uh, I'm good. But yeah, man. A bunch of good stuff on there, man. So check us out. We got great deals right now. So, so come on, join the gang. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun this
0: season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to have you on the program throughout the season. Thanks so much for your time.
1: I appreciate you, man.
0: Uh, Will Gillery of The Athletic. All right, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. acpromise.com, acpromise.com, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. I'm telling you, the entire metropolitan area. 15 trucks in the field. Those those trucks are strategically set up to get to you quickly, especially, again, if it's after hours. Uh, Those that are on call will get there. At Burkhardt, they answer the phone 24-7, so if your AC breaks down, uh, if, again, it's the winter and the heater breaks down, they'll get out to you quickly to repair that for you. At Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, you can always count on them doing only the work that's necessary. Nate certified. Technicians, highest certification in the industry, and truly a company can trust. It's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Southern Tire. Family owned and operated since 1972. Southern Tire is your one stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. Whether it is your personal vehicle or a fleet account. At Southern Tire we treat your vehicle like our own. At Southern Tire we have all the latest diagnostic equipment and ASE certified technicians. The dealerships have without the dealership prices. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8am to 6pm. Saturday from 8am to 3pm. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment. Or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Francesca Bacchetti's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Francesca is offering a menu that includes family meals, daily specials, delicious sides, award-winning pizza, New Orleans' best burgers, poor boys' muffaladas, and family recipes. A St. Louis-style deli with sandwiches and sodas. Wine and beer also available. Check out our menu online at FrancescaDeli.com. Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-266-2511. Dine indoors, dine outdoors, or use our delivery services. That's Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Welcome back. You're listening to Inside the Wall. Don't forget about my friends over at Southern Tire, Hickory & Airline in Metairie. That's right, Southern Tire. You got problems with your with your vehicle. Southern Tire's got you covered. Southern Tire is a one stop for all your automotive needs. Uh, again, whether you a personal vehicle or a fleet account at Southern Tire, they'll treat your vehicle like their own. And especially if your vehicle's out of warranty. Man, you need a company you can trust with your vehicle, right? At Southern Tire, they got the same diagnostic equipment that you that you got at the dealership, the latest diagnostic equipment out there, and of course ASC certified technicians. When it comes to, to, to tires, the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area that trades something for everyone's budget. And of course, tires and wheels up to 30 inches. Five Financing is available. Southern Tire, owned by the Piazza family since 1972, open Monday through Friday uh, from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. Go to southerntire.com to find out more about what Southern Tire provides for their customers. Look, I say it all the time. You don't stay around this town since 1972 serving the public if you're not doing it right. Uh, the Piazza family's got you covered when it comes to your vehicle. That's Southern Tire Hickory Airline in Metairie. All right, I want to thank Will Guillory for joining us on the program. It is the William Grant family. to still this Friday extravaganza. Reach for a William Grant product. Joining us on the program now from WDSU's Channel 6 Sports, my good friend Fletcher Mackle is back with us. Fletch, how are you? I am very good, Eric. Thanks for having me as always. Always good to have you, my friend. Let's jump into it because I know you got a sportscast to do coming up at the top of the hour here. Um, first of all, your thoughts on what's happening at LSU. Uh, the uh, the dismissal of Ed Oshron, uh, his ability to stay till the end of the year. Uh, and then, and then, of course, where this team is right now, coming off that win against Florida, and heading in, into Ole Miss and Oxford for a big for a big uh, weekend for the Mannings, by the way. So, so we have fifteen or twenty minutes or two hours to answer that question. <laughs> I wish we had two hours, my friend. So I'm just kidding. That
6: that's a lot to chew on there. Um, so, uh, so here's the thing: I I certainly think the program is not in great shape right now, given the fact that. Less than two years ago, it was at the top of the mountain in, in college sports, winning a national championship, maybe arguably the greatest single season in college football history, and since then you've gone nine and eight. And it's not just the record on the field. I know, and I look, I'm, I'm a big Scott Woodward fan. I love Scott Woodward. I, I, I know he and Ed Ogeron said it's only the record on the field. I don't think anybody is, is quite that foolish to, to believe that, that this is a, a president that didn't hire Ed Ogeron, Inherited him. This is an athletics director that didn't hire Ed Osron, inherited him. This is a coach who, while not directly implicated in the Title IX lawsuit and investigation, is certainly touched in a negative way by the Title IX investigation and what transpired with Darius Geis. You have, since Ed Osron in his personal life this is his personal life, he's done nothing wrong, but it's been embarrassing for the university to see you know, the, the pictures with the young women and, and, and the things that have transpired on social media. Um, so again, and then coupled with, with the not winning, what happened last year during the summer of social justice, comments he made about then-President Trump and, and the marches. I don't know if there's any one thing, but I don't think it was just the record. So I think that heading into this season, whether people like it or not, and I'm not trying to say it's right or wrong, if Ed Ozeron was seven and zero or six and one at this point, I think that President Tate and AD Woodward would probably swallow hard and say he's not our guy, but we pay him to win. And and they're win they're winning and potentially are a playoff slash national championship team. But when you go five and five last year and you're you're four and three this year, uh, again, I, I certainly think it's the culmination of all of the things I just laid out. I, I, I'm a little surprised it happened this soon. I thought it was going to mm-hmm. happen at the end of the season. But, again, I, I, I think it was inevitable it was going to happen. The timing of it's a little surprising to me.
0: What are your thoughts about LSU going up to Ole Miss this weekend? As I mentioned, uh, Eli Manning's jersey is getting retired. Arch Manning will be up there, the entire Manning family. It's a big weekend, obviously, for Ole Miss and the Mannings. But LSU, again, looking to try to be able to extend that, uh, that winning streak here now at one, hoping to be able to get in there and, again, continue to win for their coach.
6: Yeah, that's a great question, because I certainly think a weight is lifted off of the program, so to say. They know Ed Ogeron, the players, the coaches, the support staff, Ed Ogeron himself, they know this is it. So do they play fast and free and rise up like last week? I mean, you see the potential. They played without nine starters or key contributors last week, and they thumped Florida pretty good. I mean, the backup, A lot of backup players rose up. This is a program that is loaded with talent. Do they continue to play fast and free with nothing to lose and pop some pretty good teams like Ole Miss, potentially Alabama, A&M? I mean, they still have some pretty tough games on their schedule. So, or do they play free knowing it's over and we're not disciplined and we don't care because we've got a bunch of guys going to the draft or the transfer portal Mm -hmm. and this This eroded the program to the point of no return this season. So I'm curious to see what kind of team. I think they're going to play free. I just don't know if that freedom is going to be sloppy, don't care freedom, or freedom Mm -hmm. of let's go win one and send O out like a champion type of motivation.
0: Great, great points. Uh, You and I are big NBA fans. Obviously, uh, we talk about the Pelicans all the time. Your thoughts on this year's version of the New Orleans Pelicans?
6: I mean, look, I I really have become a big Willie Green guy. I've been out to a lot of the practices. I've had a chance to talk to him one-on-one. I want to see Willie Green do well. I think this is a quality human being and a really good basketball person who spent 12 years in the league as a player and has paid his dues coming up as an assistant coach. I I think they've got a lot of talent. Can they put it together? Because the Western Conference is just ridiculously. We say it every year. It's ridiculously loaded. But it's ridiculously loaded this year once again. I think they have talent. I think when Zion comes back, they really have a chance to be a playoff team. Until then, look, they were in that game through three quarters against the Philadelphia 76ers, who, even without Ben Simmons, that was the team that finished first place in the Eastern Conference. That's a championship coach that I've always said is one of the great underrated coaches in NBA history and Doc Rivers. Um, And they went toe-to-toe with him, and then they fell apart late. and, And the better team certainly pulled away at the end. I think... This team has enough talent to be a playoff team. My only question is is if Zion Williamson comes back from his injury, with missing, having missed ten or fifteen games, the Pelicans I hope are are not three and twelve after fifteen games waiting for Zion to get back because the hole may have been too deep to dig out of. I yes. really think you know they've got to they've got to get better production from their bench. Brandon Ingram is Brandon Ingram. He's going to give you twenty twenty to twenty five a night. Nikhil Alexander-Walker looks like a legit player in the league now and a potential 20-point-a-night guy. Devontae Graham can fill it up. Jonas Valanciunas is a good player. He, 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 he struggled the other night, but he's not going to mm-hmm. do that every night, I can assure you. I've seen him play enough in Toronto and Memphis. But the rest of the bench was woeful. I mean, Najee Marshall, Trey, Mar- Trey Murphy, who was awesome in the preseason, Tomas Sadaransky, Jackson Hayes, at one point, They had five bench players who had all played 10 or more minutes. It was something like 67 minutes combined, and they had zero points. So Mm -hmm. they need better production from Garrett Temple, Najee Marshall, Tomas Adoransky, Jackson Hayes. When those guys play, they have to hold the rope a little bit.
0: I'm just hoping that what we saw against the Sixers, especially from guys that are now thrust into different roles, was just a case of the jitters. And that, again, we'll see, a, a, again, a more confident scoring team and defensive uh, the, uh, a team to play a little bit more stronger defense uh, in these upcoming games.
6: I, look, I agree with you because um, I don't think anybody could have accounted for Furkan Korkmaz, the Turkish shooter for the 76 Sixers. Right. You know, coming in in the fourth quarter and scoring – like 15 of his 18 points by just, you know, getting red hot. But look, Philadelphia is the better team. That's why they're a championship caliber team. But I'm curious to see against the bulls tonight. The bulls have aspirations. The bulls fashion themselves as being good. They made splashy hires in the off season. I like what the bulls did. And I really like Billy Donovan as a head coach.
3: Um,
6: I am curious to see how the Pelicans play against this team with Zach Levine and some, some really solid players, um, Tonight And then I think another true testament is going to be on Saturday night when the Pelicans play uh, tomorrow against Minnesota because that is a team they will be battling for one of the final playoff or play-in spots. I think Minnesota is a parallel to New Orleans. Uh, a young generational type talent, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell's an all-star, and you got some nice complimentary pieces. These next two games I think will give me a better look into who and what they're going to be without Zion Williamson.
0: Tulane loses last night 55-26. to 26. Now, again, they're 1-6 now on the season. Look, I don't want to talk about that. What I want to talk about is, again, the changes we're going to see in the American Athletic Conference. A lot of Tulane fans are down because, again, there they was not a situation where maybe, a, uh, you know, they would have merged with the – American would have merged with the Conference USA in the Sun Belt. Look, that would have put them in the Sun Belt against Louisiana teams. I think it would have been a, a lesser conference. This conference is a a conference that's coming together that Tulane eventually can win championships in by adding Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, Texas-San Antonio, and UAB. Uh, Again, having a 14-member conference now. I I keep telling Tulane fans, you know, know, again, I understand, again, it's not the American that, that it once was, but it's not going to be. But this now gives them an opportunity with the type of schools that are coming in here to be able to win championships in all their sports.
1: I
6: don't disagree with what you're saying. I, I certainly think from the big picture perspective, this is a massive step back to the American. I mean, the American truly was a, a Power Six. I know that they say the Power Five Conferences the American had built themselves through really, really good teams, really good programs, really smart leadership at a lot of the schools, into the Power 16. Make no doubt about it. That's why a Power Five Conference is coming right to them to cherry-pick their best teams. Cincinnati has become an awesome athletic program in football. They were always good in basketball. Um, Obviously, Houston has turned themselves into something special in football, and now in basketball they've become pretty good. Look, there's a reason. Central Florida, same way. Losing those teams, there's nobody that's going to make up for it, and these teams that are coming in are weaker. There's no bell cow up-and-comer. I personally would have liked to have seen them maybe chase some more teams from the Sun Belt going after App, App State or Coastal Carolina. But I get what sure. they did and why they did it. I like FAU. I, I like North Texas. But the prestige of those teams pales in comparison to the three programs. I mean, when you look at the football success, the New Year's Six Bowl games of Central Florida, Houston, and Cincinnati, they've played in. Four of the last five New Year six bowl games, I mean, their basketball teams have become very good. None of those teams coming in is giving that conference the strength it needs to be a power six. They are now a non-power five, end of story. True. But you're right. Because because the teams leaving are stronger than the teams coming, Tulane can potentially beat all of those teams coming mm-hmm. in and have, their, have a chance. To, you know maybe have a better breakout season in 2020 2022 or whenever the realignment officially goes through and takes place
0: saints are getting healthy again with so many of quality players coming off injury reserve pup list, eventually suspension and of course uh, uh, the practice squad talk about your expectations for the second and third quarter of this season yeah
6: i certainly think history tells us the saints are good after a bye in recent years. I mean, I saw just that yesterday we're going to be talking about it in our pregame special on Monday. Um, in the four games after a bye, when you talk about a quarter so to say of the season, the four games after a bye since 2017, the saints are 15 and one. So, I mean, in 2017 they went 4 and 0. In 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 2018 they went 4 and 0. In 2019 they went 3-1, and and last year they went 4-0 and in the games after a bye. So getting rested and, and, and some recuperation it seems to be good for the Saints. Whatever Sean Payton does during the bye, his players come back focused and ready. And uh, so I, I think we're going to see a really good version of the Saints against Seattle and then into arguably the biggest game of the year on Halloween against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who look really formidable.
0: What are your thoughts about Jameis Winston thus far? I think he's been solid.
6: I mean, I think, I think he's playing the Teddy Bridgewater game manager role to perfection. And I, I don't have a problem with what Sean Payton's doing. He's leaning into his offensive line and his defense. And, look, Jameis was a turnover machine going all the way back to Florida State. I mean, his last year at Florida State, he had 18 turnovers between fumbles and interceptions. He's a guy who, who has been careless with the football. And so I think at some point, we will see Jameis Cook, so to say, and, and they will open up the offense more. But you've got one of the, the three best running backs and maybe the most versatile running back in the NFL in Camara. You've got an offensive, offen- awesome offensive line and a stout defense at every position. Jameis doesn't need to throw the ball 40 times for 400 yards. He just needs to play the, the Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill game manager role. Now, he can't do that all season long or for the rest of his Saints career. But right now, as they ease into a new era, I, I have no problem with what they're doing and how they're doing it with Jameis Winston.
0: If there's a facet of the game on offensive defense they have to improve, what is it?
6: Uh, I would say more pressure on the quarterback. The Saints are, I, I think, either 30th or 31st in sacks. I know they've gotten some pressure, but it hasn't generated enough sacks. So I think they've, you know, they've got to get to the quarterback more. Losing Trey Hendrickson and then Marcus Davenport being injured. you know, Cam Jordan, uh, look, last year we, we thought it was just maybe all the pressure on him freed up Trey Hendrickson. This year Cam still doesn't have a sack. And, and they, they, they've created a little bit of pressure, but not what you would like. And uh, so I certainly think if they're going to do one thing better, I would say it's create more sacks and get to the quarterback more going forward.
0: Are well, the Saints a playoff team?
6: I think they're a fringe playoff team right now. I certainly don't think they're a Super Bowl contender in the NFC. I mean, look, Arizona is is steamrolling everybody and looks pretty good. The, the Rams, even in that division, look to me like a Super Bowl contender. Tampa is the Super Bowl champion and looks as legit as legit gets. Um, and then I certainly think the Dallas Cowboys are really good. I know people love to hate the Cowboys, but, man, oh, man, when you watch them play, they're, they're mm-hmm. a pretty good team. So I certainly think you look at – and then Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, after that first game, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay looks like Green Bay. So I think those five teams are your legit Super Bowl contenders. And then I think the Saints are probably number six. I would go with them as the next team. So a definite, I think, playoff team or playoff contender right there for one of those final wild card spots, either the, the number six seed or that, that added seventh team. But I don't think they're better than any of the the five teams I named in front of them. I think if if the Saints had to go play a game at Green Bay, Tampa, L.A., Arizona, I I certainly think it would be a a tall task for them to to get through the playoffs on the road as a wild-card team. But I could certainly see them finishing six or seven. Tampa winning the division and the Saints being a wild-card team. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's what I think is probably going to happen.
0: Fletch, the Saints are on six this week?
6: Monday night, we are... Airing the game. We have a pregame show at six thirty with Sharif Ishak, Jim Mora, Lance Mora, and myself. So yeah. Um yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun.
0: And what time is what time does pregame start?
6: Uh coverage starting at four o'clock on our four o'clock newscast. Okay. So, coverage throughout WDSU News at four and five. And then uh from six thirty we go hardcore, right into kickoff at about seven fifteen, and then immediately following the game. We'll be on with uh, with all your post game
0: coverage. Yeah, and I love, I love the post game because you get a chance to be able to see again all, all the all the press conferences, everything that's going on right there. Plus, again, so some some uh, some great commentary on what happened in the game. Good to have you back on the show, Fletch. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, look forward to having you again on soon. All
6: right, always my pleasure, Eric. Thank you.
0: Fletcher Mackle, at Fletcher Mackle on Twitter. All right, folks, don't forget about my friends over at um, at William Grant. They are the title sponsor for our program, and uh, it's the weekend after all, right? You worked hard all week long. Uh, It's time to get out there and enjoy again a weekend here in New Orleans, whether you're doing it at home with friends or family, or, again, maybe you're heading out to your favorite uh, bar, maybe you're heading out to your favorite uh, restaurant. Reach for a William Grant product. Hendricks Gin, Malaco Tequila, Reca Vaca. I'm telling you, wonderful spirits uh, in in their portfolio. Ask your favorite bar. Especially if it's a mixologist, somebody really knows spirits. or you go to one of those spirit stores again that are, that are high-end. That again, they, they again the clerks know exactly what they're talking about. Ask about those great spirits. And then of course, hey, we already know second to none all-star lineup of scotches: uh, Glenfiddich Scotch whiskey, Grant's blended Scotch whiskey, the Balvenie Scotch whiskey, uh, uh, Tullamore Do Di- uh, Tullamore, du- uh, Tullamore du- Irish whiskey is a fantastic Irish whiskey. Second largest selling Irish whiskey in all the world. It's what the Irish drink. And of course, uh, if you love our rum portfolio, Florida. Nicaraguan rum, and, of course, Jerry rum. Every bottle of Jerry rum. Personal Louisiana pours those over, proceeds go to the God Foundation. And, uh, yeah, the portfolio when it comes to uh, bourbon whiskeys, Hudson bourbon, fistful of bourbon, but we got you covered from, again, A to Z when it comes to great spirits over at William Grant. Really, William Grant Spirits, independent, independent family distillers since 1887. We'll be right back. Eric Ashby with my good friend Mike Delahousie at the TikTok tock Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in town. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were closed, so I'm back here at the TikTok tock Cafe instead. You know, that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the more, so what's your point? Ah, you're unbelievable. You know, you got to admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? Uh, I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe in the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. Contractors, time of the runaround when you need an insurance quote. At Dave Mead Insurance, we are an independent insurance agency, so we make it easy to get that quote for your next job. We offer general liability, workman's comp, automobile and property, Insurance and we will search over 50 insurance companies to get the right policy at the best price. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504 556 0809 or Dave Me at INSAgency.com. Oceana Group.
2: Spud here, and you know the first place I go when my family needs to see a doctor's rapid urgent care. I mean, you're in and
0: out of there in 40 minutes, give or take. You spend that much time in an ER just waiting to get triaged. From a broken ankle to a bee sting to a COVID test, Rapid Urgent Care has got you covered with clinics all over southeast Louisiana.
2: You don't need an appointment. Just walk right in with your ID and your insurance card. Or you can sign up for their health care partnership. Rapid Urgent Care also has a telemed center. Just waiting for your call might save you a trip. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find out more and to find the clinic nearest you.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. It is the William Grant family Still Friday Travaganza. Special thanks to Will Guillory of The Athletic joining us live from Chicago with a will take on the Bulls tonight and of course Fletcher Mackel for Channel 6 Sports rejoining us in the program now that he's back in studio over at uh, Channel 6 so hopefully we'll have him on a weekly basis going forward Don't forget about my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and hitting so many people want generators now Look, I said it before If 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 you're buying a home, if you own a business you've got to have a generator these days just the way it is At Burkhart they'll sit down with you, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for in terms of a generator to power up your home or business when the electricity goes out and yes, they'll put you on the calendar for a single day install. As again you've heard Terry mention on this program, um uh Jason Burkhardt is in charge of the uh, generators. He's not selling anybody anything. He goes in. He sits down. It's a consultation. Find out what you're looking for. And then if you're ready to go with Burkhardt, they'll put you on, on the count over a single-day install. Remember, financing available generators. You pay that over time. New install quality check after one month. And, of course, 24-7, 365 emergency service on your generator. Use that generator over $100 in the last storm season. you got to get it serviced by a professional. Let Burkhardt do it for you. Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, Generator Sales and Service, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Okay, uh, Jordy Collada is going to join us at 535. I'm your host, Eric Asher. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Stick around, won't you? Here with my good friend Mike Dellahusi at the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in town. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were closed, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop.
3: You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the morgue, so what's your point? Ah, you're unbelievable.
0: You know, you got to admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? Uh, I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe and the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. Thank you. Two of Inside New Orleans, Eric Asher with you until six o'clock. Uh, you know, I failed to mention this in the first hour, and, and my apologies. Mike Fazan usually joins us in the first hour from Hot Off the Bench Podcast, Fazano Football Podcast, Fazano Football Blog. Uh, he's taking some personal time today. Uh, to be with his family so again he will rejoin us next week uh, so my apologies for, for not laying that out for you guys early in the in, in the uh, show but we do appreciate uh, Will Guillory of The Athletic and also uh, Fletcher Mackle of Channel 6 Sports uh, jumping into that first hour uh, we're going to be joined by Jordy Collada of um, uh, the Jordy Collada show at 535 normally again um, our, our good friend George Laureata would be in that slot George will be joining us down the line uh, but again uh, today is the William Grant family Distillers Fry extravaganza and uh, we ask you to reach for a William Grant product. That's right. I'm telling you, fantastic experience. since 1887. And uh, look, I, I was lucky, okay? Uh, in this job, I got a chance to be able to meet the tunamans, Ann Tunaman and Paul Tuneman. We became became very, very dear friends. Eat still today. Uh, and I became intimately involved in Tales of the Cocktail at its inception here in New Orleans. So again, for for almost a decade, I got a chance to be able to meet the greatest mixologists in the world. I got a chance to meet again brand ambassadors from again all different types of spirits, and I got a chance to again uh, meet meet again some of those uh, 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 individuals that again either uh, were were the uh, uh, were the distillers of, of those spirits, those that again that own those companies. I got a chance to be around the the, the liquor industry uh, for almost a decade, and. I'm telling you, when, when I tell you again, everybody's got their favorite spirit out there, right? Something you either grew up with, something maybe your dad or your mom drank, or something over time that you found that you really, really enjoy. And sometimes it's hard to get people off of their, of their favorite spirit. But I'm just letting you know, uh, this is a cl- th- th- these are class spirits across the board in every portfolio. Uh, when you talk about William Grant, I mean, uh, when I say, well, you know, hottest spirits on the market with Henry's Jim, Malaga tequila, Reka, Vodka, i am telling you, you ask your favorite mixologist, you ask someone that that really knows spirits, and they'll tell you. Again, these are not your classic gins, vodka, or, or tequilas. The, again, the, the the flavor profiles are different, which again sets them apart from from uh, those that are that are within that portfolio. Some that have been around again a lot longer than these spirits, but again, they've taken they've taken hold of the market. Look, uh, William Grant stands alone on, on their scotches. When William Grant uh, be, be, uh, uh, really came in, into being again, it was because of their scotches—Lindfittie Scotts whiskey, the Balvenie scotch whiskey, Grant's blended scotch whiskey. These are award-winning scotches across the board. And then, of course, as you get into the, uh, up through the portfolio, uh, it's incredible the flavor profiles. Uh, you throw in Tullamore, do Irish whiskey. Again, look, I talk about it all the time. Second largest selling Irish whiskey in the world. The distillation process is second to none. Uh, you know, again, go to the website. Click on, on, on the website and just take five minutes to be able to read, again, uh, the attention to detail that, that is utilized in every single spirit that William Grant produces. Also, again, that, that rum portfolio, which includes Florida Cognac, Nicaraguan rum and uh, Sailor Jerry rum. Look, I've told you about Sailor Jerry rum just from my personal experience. Uh, uh, for a personal aspect of, you know, mixing this Mardi Gras punch. We lived on the Endemium uh, Parade route. Uh, and I had a party every single year uh, after Katrina. And, of course, I got this Mardi Gras punch that everybody was getting into. And it was a fortune. I mean, I was taking all these rums from all, you know, and, and f- I found Sailor Jerry rum. And literally it went from like six or seven rums to Sailor Jerry rum. Nobody knew the difference. It tasted just as good. Uh, Sailor Jerry rum is an incredible spice rum. And then you're giving back to, again, uh, those that have served us, whether, again, it's active military or retired military individuals uh, right here from Louisiana through the God Foundation. And that's one of the things that George Lauriano and William Grant continually do, which is give back to charitable organizations within, within the uh, cities, states, and countries that they're involved in. In this case, it's Uh The God Foundation takes care of active military, retired military members in their family. Uh, look, they run into a jam. You need uh, necessary home repairs, insurance premiums, utility bills, mortgage payments, rents, and living expenses, need a little help with those things, they're there for you. You give directly to, to the God Foundation, www.godouttruths.org. But I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, well, treat yourself to a bottle of Sailor Jerry rum. And, of course, I haven't even talked about uh, the bourbon portfolio, which includes a fistful of bourbon uh, and, and Hudson bourbon whiskey, all part of the portfolio of William Grant, ex- exceptional spirits. Uh, so get out there. And, again, look, we've, we've, we're we now it's now legal in Louisiana to be able to buy the little airplane bottles. And that's one thing George talks about all the time when he comes on the show. Look, you don't want to spend money on on a fifth of, of, of a spirit, not even knowing if you're going to like it or not buy one of the airplane bottles. You know, you know and just you know check out you know taste it maybe in your favorite uh, your favorite uh, cocktail or again uh, on, as a standalone and then you'll see again the difference between the the portfolio of William Grant and every other spirits uh, company that's out there. William Grant, independent family distiller since 1887 and a proud sponsor of our program each and every Friday right here on the show. All right, um, we're going to be joined by uh, Jordy Collada. He's going to join us at the bottom of this hour. Uh, just wanted, a couple of things I wanted to touch on before, before we go down to the, to the bottom of the hour with, uh, with, with um, Jordy. Look, I've been saying it all week, and I know the Tulane fans, because, again, I, I, I correspond with a lot of them. Remember, you can always reach out to me at eric at ericasher.com or on our social media platforms, at eric underscore asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook. You know, they're upset about the situation with the Americans. And, look, it's tough. You know, Houston, Cincinnati, uh, UCF moving on to, um, to, to the Big 12, and, and Tulane was not invited. That's on Tulane, okay? Look, you and I both know, if you're a Tulane fan, that there's not the commitment to athletics that there should be. And, and that's been for a long time. It's been a fight. It's been a fight really since the 70s uh, to be able to put, put the type of money uh, in, into the athletic programs that's necessary. And, and again, look, rightly so. Tulane is an educational institution first. They're not a football factory, not a basketball factory, or a baseball factory. But at the same time, again, they've always been competitive. We've, we've talked about this show forever. The biggest mistake that was made by Tulane was somehow thinking that they could be Notre Dame and leaving the SEC back in 1966. Yes, they would be Vanderbilt, but they would be a rich Vanderbilt. Okay? They'd be a Vanderbilt that, again, they would probably be able to compete in basketball and baseball, uh, and there would be in a situation where every now and then they'd, 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 they'd jump out and have a great season in football. Uh, you know, it's not the case. And the American, they were kind of in that situation. When you talk about again the teams that you would think they would have been on par with, but every single year, again Tulane in the middle of the pack to the bottom of the uh, of the pack when it comes to uh, especially football, baseball, and basketball. There's no reason why they should not compete on a high level. The new American gives them an opportunity to win championships. Look, you're not getting invited to the to the to the to the, to the ACC. Uh, as much as everybody would love to say again Tulane is an educational institution, they're going to go in the ACC. It's not happening. It's not happening. And, and then on the, on the other side, when you talk about the American, uh, they were not offered to be able to go to the Big 12. And there's a reason why. Again, despite being a top 50 market, which is, again, what they were looking for in the, in, the, in, the, in the new Big 12, Tulane just doesn't have the stamina in terms of, again, putting consistent winners on the field. And uh, ultimately, again, the, the, the conference wants to be judged by, again, how strong the conference is, especially when you start looking at playoff implications, et cetera. Uh, so this is the best that they can do at this point. Uh, you know, FAU, Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, Texas, San Antonio, University of Alabama, Birmingham, those um, uh, those teams coming over for Conference USA. Tulane is going to have a chance to be involved uh, again in, in the midst of, again, winning a championship in each and every one of their sports in this new conference. May not be, again, the perfect situation, but you know what? Just win, baby. If you win, then down the line, when when because this is not the end of, of, of conference realignments and realignments within college uh, athletics. This may go on for the next decade. So if Tulane can can start to be able to put a program together where they're consistent winners, well then at that point they become more attracted to another conference or a bigger conference. But right now they are who they are. The hope that they, the only hope they have at this point is again to be I a a, a a I won't say a bigger fish, but I'd say a a a a, 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 a fish. Uh, in, in, in in a small pond, okay? because I'm not going to say they're bigger than any of these other universities. They're not. but they can set themselves apart by again, hiring the right coaches and putting and, and putting a little bit more emphasis on athletics. That's all. It's not away from the educational institution. But it's, it's nice to be able to see, again, a two-lane team that, that again, you can, you can look at and say they're not the little engine that could every year. Where, again, you're hoping they're going to get over the hump. You know? uh, and I've said this before. In the, we're all, we're all uh, a party to this here in New Orleans. The media wants to see two-lane be successful. People in the city of New Orleans want, want to see two-lane be successful. We want to see, again, them, them win. That's why a lot of times, again, we give them the benefit of the doubt. But only, again, to have it come back in our face because the reality is Tulane just can't compete with the institutions that are involved in the American as it's laid out right now. This next American Athletic Conference, they should be. Hopefully it's better days for the Tulane program. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. I'm going to talk a little bit about Mardi Gras here in New Orleans. Looks like Mardi Gras is back on. Is that shocking? It is election season, right? We'll talk about that. If we got some time, we'll definitely talk about the Saints. If not, uh, again, we'll pick that up on Monday as they take on the Seattle Seahawks on Monday. Uh, and, of course, we'll talk to Jordy Collotta about everything LSU coming up at 535. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating, uh, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Look, if you're in the market for a new air conditioning system, don't forget to get a price from Burkhart. At least I'm coming to give you a price. Look, it's all about service after the sale. They'll never gouge you, they'll never cheat you. Uh, they'll be there for you. to be going to make sure that, again, uh, that you're getting all the service services that are necessary and of course when they when they are installing a system in your home they're treating your home like their home and, and that, that, that's that's significant. I had it done here at in, in, in my house. I'm telling you right now, you did not even know these guys were here at work. And by the time I got home, the place w- w- was cleaned. Remember, uh, again, they, they are authorized themselves from the top brands in the industry. And at Burkhart, they create their own, own ductwork. work. And, again, they have a one-stop shop at their uh, state-of-the-art compound up up in Mandeville. For a company you can trust with a new air conditioning heating system, it's Burkhart. acpromise.com. acpromise.com. Thank
5: Hey, I'm Carly Pierce. The quickest way for the economy to recover, for businesses to return, for concerts and theaters to reopen, for generations of families to reunite, for children to play freely with other children, is for everyone to get the vaccine. It is America's best shot.
2: 106.1 Nash Icon.
5: This report is sponsored by Panera. Panera believes in saying yes to the good things. Yes to chicken sausage and pepperoni. Yes to flavorful tomato sauce and rich cheeses. And yes to putting it all on a crispy flatbread. The new sausage. And pepperoni flatbread. Order on the app today. Panera. Live your yes. Restrictions apply.
4: We've got a lot of traffic out on our roadways. Let's get right to it. Look out for an accident on 10 eastbound near the Poydras exit. And as a result of the accident, the left lane is blocked just before Canal. So your delays are going to be heavy on 10 eastbound from the Bonnet-Carrie Spillway to Power, picking back up from City Park to before Orleans. And delays pick back up on 10 eastbound from just past Elysian Fields to Downman. Look out for delays on 10 westbound from Elysian Fields to Canal. And delays pick back up from City Park to the 310 on a 610 on the Eastbound side, your delays a solid from before St. Bernard to the 10610 merge, and on the westbound side, from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. If you're traveling along the eastbound side, Crossing over the uh, West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City Connection, uh, crossing the, uh, the Pontchartrain Expressway, delays are heavy from Avondale to before Ames Boulevard. And delays pick back up on the West Bank Expressway from Manhattan Boulevard to the Pontchartrain Expressway to the Caliope Street exit. And on the westbound side, if you're traveling along the West Bank Expressway, delays are heavy from Morero to Avondale. I'm at Robinson, broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Bradner Traffic Center.
0: Ashner Health Systems present the Oshner Eat Fit Minute with Molly Kimball.
5: Gummy supplements are truly having a moment. Are they an excellent source of nutrients, though? Most of these gummies contain a fraction of what's recommended as a typical dose. In some cases, we would need to eat 100 gummies to get the daily dose of that particular nutrient. And compared with traditional supplements, these gummy supplements tend to be higher in sugar with more fillers, including artificial food dyes. There are several brands that we can feel good about. One is Nordic Natural, and these have a higher potency and have zero added sugar so the bottom line our best bet is to get our nutrients from real whole foods take stock of your current diet keeping an online food journal can allow you to see what nutrients you're getting enough of and what you're lacking to help determine when supplementation might be beneficial i am registered dietitian molly kimball and we hope you enjoyed your Oxner eat fit minute
0: cumulus new orleans incredible service and excellent results new orleans is always number one with cumulus radio and digital
3: People from all over Louisiana are taking advantage of five years zero interest financing at Diamonds Direct. But time is running out. You have until this Saturday to take advantage of this amazing offer. How about a $10,000 engagement ring for just $167 a month? Everything's included. Plus, a portion of proceeds from every purchase will benefit Cajun Navy Ground Force and Second Harvest. This is the last week to take advantage of this offer. Five years zero interest financing through Saturday only and only at Diamonds Direct on Severn Avenue
0: welcome back to inside the walls The William Grant's family still Friday's Friday extravaganza look hopefully uh, you know for LSU tomorrow Matt Corral won't play and uh, you know because again we saw what he did against Tulane uh, he is a he's a heck of a player and he, look he's a legitimate Heisman Trophy uh, candidate so uh, hopefully again they, they won't it's gonna be a big day though you know, again, you, you think about Archie and, again, playing against LSU. I can do it in my mind's eye now as a kid, low kid. Remembering Archie Manning with the cast on his on his left arm, you know, playing against LSU um, in a nationally televised game. I think it was his senior year. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Eli obviously getting his jersey retired tomorrow. Arch Manning will be there. I'm sure Peyton will be there as well. So it will be a big, big day for the Mannings, who, so again, have a ties to this city as well. Uh, so we'll see We'll see how, again how that plays out for the Tigers. But hopefully, again, they can spoil the Mannings' day. <laughs> And, and come back with, with a win against Ole Miss uh, on on tomorrow. Nationally televised, by the way, 2.30 on Channel 4. All right, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what, what's happening right now because it's interesting, again, the flip-flopping that's going on in this city. Look, uh, it it may be football season, right? It, it could be it's the start of basketball season, and then for a lot of folks out there to listen to the sound of my voice, it's hunting season, okay? But let me remind you all also it's it's election season, okay? That means politicians will say anything to get reelected. Look, you, you you may not be able to uh, bank bank on uh, the fact that you'll win the Powerball, maybe the Mega Millions, but you could take this to the bank, my my, my friends. Uh, if a politician is making a promise, okay, it's lip service to get elected or reelected. Okay, that's where we are right now. We've seen this over the last few days, really few weeks. Again, uh, within the city. Okay, comments that were made by those that, that are running for office, like what we're seeing right now in New Orleans with Mayor Cantrell. Uh, she was just a few weeks ago when I mentioned this, she was gloating about the politically connected uh, Bayou Phoenix group, you know, winning the bid to redevelop the old Six Flags site. But then if you listen to the entire press conference, if you listen to what she had to say, she corely said the plan's going to come together well, again in about 90 days. Well, that's conveniently after the election cycle has ended. So you can, again, go out there and say, I got, got the, 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 uh, the team together, redevelop Six Flags. But we don't know what's going to happen there, okay? Like I said before, I'll believe it when I see it, okay? I'll believe when I see it. But ultimately, again, you can say that because 90 days will get you outside of the the election cycle. So it's the same old shell game, right? Grandstanding about an accomplishment that hasn't even happened yet or may never happen. And then there's Mardi Gras. And this, again, sticks in everybody's crop. We've had no Mardi Gras for two years now. So, again, she first of all, it comes out, it's leaked the other day, and I talked about it extensively on this show, that Mardi Gras 2022, she said that, and her quote was, 50% of, of, of something is better than, than, than 100% of nothing. So 50% of Mardi Gras is better than 100% of no Mardi Gras. Okay, and that's what she did when the microphones were in her face. Realizing she's got a backtrack, right, on this. Uh, again, we see the backtrack now. So, basically, she was saying, except my plan to change Mardi Gras routes, okay, and, and Mardi Gras, I have no Mardi Gras at all. And that did not sit well with, again, the citizenry here in New Orleans. Okay, now she's changed her tune. Mardi Gras 2022, which was announced today on her social media platforms, is going to go on. Now, she claims she's going to meet with the crew captains, which she's been meeting now with for over a year, okay, on her Mardi Gras mandates. Uh, but as you probably guessed, we're not, probably not going to figure that out until after the election ends. After the election ends, look, I talk about her being a transplant a lot because look, it's true. Even though she's a transplant, she's been here long enough to know that again, a third year without a Mardi Gras celebration is not going to sit well with anyone, including her diehard supporters. The last two years, it's been COVID nineteen. Now, now it is because again, and I posted this on all of my social media platforms again, where where we are in, in terms of again the. The, the positivity rate uh, we were at an all-time low here in the city so much so that she could lift these mandates that she has going right now um, when, when you when you look at um, when you look at, at, at the mayor and, and 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 the mandates in terms of um, of, of the mass mandate which again the governor may lift next week uh, he's going to have a, um, a press conference i think on wednesday that's when the uh uh, mass mandate is supposed to end, so there's a possibility we may not see a mandatory mass mandate coming forward but again the 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 mayor has been insisting on on not just the mass mandate but also again proof of of um vaccination or at least a proof of of a negative test meanwhile. We're averaging 7.1 cases per 100,000 per day. Uh, the infection rate is at 0.804. Uh, the positivity rate is at 1.1%. Uh, the vaccination rate, uh, again, is, is well over 70% uh, here in the city of New Orleans. It makes no sense to get again, to have these very stringent re- regulations when, again, we're in a situation where, uh, you know, for the most part, COVID is, is significantly down, if not down as much as it should be. So you, you can't make COVID, you make it about COVID because COVID is down. But now it's about lack of police protection, okay? That's why she wants to centralize and shorten Mardi Gras parade routes. Look, by shortening these parade routes, she's squeezing crowds into a limited amount of space, making for denser crowds which doesn't bode well for the NOPD, okay, dealing with crowds. We all know, again, when you get these crowds, people drinking, families that, again, are set up on the neutral grounds, et cetera, and then you try to squeeze more and more in where, again, it's deeper and deeper crowds, you got an issue at times, okay? So now you want to squeeze the crowds into a denser situation. Not only is it a problem for the NOPD, but if you're really worried about COVID-19 implications, we all know how much she follows the science, right? Yeah. You know, that's an issue there with COVID-19. Look, it reminds me a lot of, of City Hall. You know, remember when she stood up and said, we're moving City Hall to the Municipal Auditorium site in Louis Armstrong Park. And then she started backtracking. Why? Because, you know, again, she realized that part of her base had turned on her. And she realized that, wait a minute, that, you know, this is too controversial. I'm going to back off completely, which she has. It's no different right now in terms of her Mardi Gras plans. Or is she? See, that's the question that I have right now. Is she really backtracking on these Mardi Gras plans, or is she just waiting this out until after the election? And then she's going to do whatever she wants to do no matter what. Let me just say this. Changing parade routes will affect, uh, again, almost every crew in the city, but especially in Demian, who will not roll in the mid-city route, which again affects, again, the, the businesses in mid-city. Toth, which again was a parade that, that was in my neighborhood in uptown New Orleans, which again is a, they, they call it the parade for the shut-ins because a lot of people that are in some of these um, uh, uh, senior living again you uh, 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 elderly people again that that um, uh, that uh, don't get a chance to get out to see the parade they can see those parades and and then of course Zulu, which traditionally rolls through black neighborhoods in our city. Again, okay, all of those are going to be affected uh, if she shortens the parade routes as well as the starting point. Uh, and then the situation is with the manpower crisis. Look, let me say this. We're in a manpower crisis with police, fire, and EMS because of her policies, okay? She's the one that ran off first responders to other parishes and other cities. But the city has always imported first responders from Mardi Gras. Why should 2022 be any different? It should not be any different. We always bring state police in. We always utilize the Harbor Police. We utilize, utilize OPP. We, we bring in uh, Jefferson Parish uh, um, Deputies, uh, that that happens now, right? Just for the game, for the Superdome, there's more JP deputies out there, uh, again directing traffic. We always bring in uh, uh, deputies or or or, or um, individuals from other police departments from around the state. They come to New Orleans for a short term. Uh, okay, so what's the difference? You know, you can't say it's about funding, because the city has again uh all type of money why because the feds backed up the brinks truck uh, full of taxpayer dollars in the form of covid 19 funds so it's the money's not the issue here this is all about power and control and also disrespect for the traditions of our city our culture by what i'm saying as a carpet bag of mayor and she knows it's election time and she knows again she will say what she wants, what she has to to get reelected. but i'm telling you right now ladies and gentlemen She has to be held accountable for what she's going to make promises on, okay? Beware of anything promised, okay, or or taken under a quote-unquote advisement until Election Day, okay? Uh, To me, the only way to save Mardi Gras 2022, the hospitality industry, our culture, our city, is to make Cantrell a one-term mayor. But even that is not a guarantee because, remember, getting sworn in, swearing in a new mayor doesn't happen until May, so, again, that's, that's right. Mardi Gras right before that. It'll be interesting to see, again, how this plays out. But you can see her already backtracking because she's getting a pushback from, again, not just, again, the people who, are, who again, enjoy Mardi Gras, but people, again, that are, are, are part of her, uh, uh, her supporters who, again, understand what Mardi Gras means to the city of New Orleans. I don't have the answers, but all I know is, again, Mardi Gras has gone on for hundreds of years in this city. It's it's changed. There's no doubt it's a much bigger Mardi Gras than what we've ever seen with, again, super crews, super floats, more 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 crews than we've ever seen. But there's a way to get it done, and there's a way to get it done where, again, you're, you're not, again, making shorter parade routes, density or making more dense crowds and, and being in a situation where you blame it on the fact that you don't have first responders. We can import those first responders. We've done it in the past. There's no reason why we can't do it again. Hopefully, the mayor will back off on this, again, shortening of the Mardi Gras parades and, and also putting us in a situation where we've got to continue to fight for every one of our, uh, of, uh, again, our longstanding cultures that are part of, again, that makes New Orleans unique. Only time will tell, ladies and gentlemen. Only time will tell. But beware, it is election season. So, again, anything you hear. Uh, just discounted as, again, uh, uh, political talk, because that's all it is. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. Jordy is going to join us. We'll get the latest on what's going on with LSU. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. This is the William Grant Family. It still as Friday's Travaganza. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites, fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch, contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharaghan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan You're listening to the Cumulus Fish and Game Report. This is a great weekend for
7: fishing. I'm Captain CT with this week's Big Fish Report. Now speckled trout redfish are plentiful. We're even seeing a few flounder mixed in here and there. The forecast looks decent and the tide ranges are good. So where are you going to go? Well, take some notes. The Lake Bourne, the Biloxi Marsh, the islands around Black Bay are all great places to try. On the west side of the river, the Shell Reefs behind Grand Isle, Catfish Lakes in Golden Meadow, and Michonne and Sister Lakes in the Doulard-Cocodry area are all seeing great catches. However, if you can't catch a boat to get out and catch a fish, then please catch the big fish. Our TV show with hotspots, tackle tips, how-tos, recipes, and so much more. Every Saturday morning at
0: 5.30 a.m. on WVUE Fox 8. Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Back to the William Grant family, it's still this Friday extravaganza. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock. Uh, joining us now on the program, one of the best we have in the entire state. Again, he covers all sports on his on his show, the Jordy Collada Show. Uh, when it comes to LSU, he's as plugged in as anybody. Jordy, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us as always.
7: Hey, thanks for having me be back.
0: Before we get started, tell the folks about your great show.
7: I uh, appreciate it, man. We're um, 7 and 9 a.m., <laughs> Every morning on com and uh, we're all over social media, obviously on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and uh, YouTube. Obviously, you can find us there at Colada Show. Uh, and like I said, Monday through Friday, seven to nine a.m. And on Sundays, we've been recapping the weekend and had a lot of success in uh, in talking to a lot of people there that are curious, just kind of how the weekend went. And, uh, it's been it's been pretty cool here during football season.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. You broke a story this week about the LSU basketball team. Uh, They have a huge loss now. Uh, Talk a little bit about it.
7: Yeah, Adam Miller, the transfer guard from Illinois in the offseason, who played with Team USA, was really a leader on that team, suffered a uh, a knee injury earlier this week, and he'll be missing the entire year. And that's that's a hell of a hit for Will Wade and his crew. That's, you know, 20 points a night that you're just mm-hmm. taken out of the lineup and a guy that was really budding into a, a leader in the locker room and somebody that was really kind of a guy that was an example type guy where, you know, I mean, he was even influencing some of the veterans and some of the guys that were, uh, have been in the program for a while. So uh, it's a tough hit. It really is. You to look at some guys, um, you know, like justice, um, justice Murray, who uh, came in um it, 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 you know, a year early, they, they had him reclassified uh uh, Justice Williams, excuse me, and uh, and Brandon Murray, yes. uh, to get those those points and, and and to get those minutes now, and those guys are really going to have to step up as you know youngsters, two 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 freshmen there that uh, uh, really have an opportunity now.
0: You know, I don't buy everything that, that, that I read on social media, but there were a couple of reporters this week that talked about that the NCAA is ready to wrap up their investigations into uh, multiple schools, LSU being one of them. Look, you've been pretty close to this situation, had Dick Vitale on. You've had all the individuals that have been involved in this investigation uh, on your show. What are you hearing?
7: You know, I'm not hearing that there's anything new. Eric because I, I, can, I can promise you one thing when LSU basketball if they ever had the information if they ever had any details if they ever had any evidence there wouldn't be a delay in the announcement there wouldn't be a uh, you know, a, a, a press conference that had to be scheduled down the line there would be an immediate action an immediate announcement taken so uh, I, I think that there's still a lot of the same uh, that we've heard over the last, I mean this is three years now Eric I mean this, isn't like, it's, this it's is like this is going on, too on long. like you know, six months I mean this is Right now, a couple of, of, of recruiting cycles that have gone and come here uh, without a ruling on this. And, you know, to think that they're still trying and, and, and going after something that, you know, has been poked and prodded by the FBI, the NCAA. And there's just nothing that there's tangible evidence that they can come forward with. I You know, look, I, I expect, uh, you know, much of the same I, I've heard. Uh, from people and and people have called me what's going on is there going to be some big announcement is something going to go down and uh, look I mean if if it does it would be surprising to me but uh, I I just really kind of expect a a lot of what we've seen up to this point.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Ed Ogeron again on Sunday it was announced um, uh, by Scott Woodward that uh, Ogeron will be relieved of his duties at the end of the season Uh, again we talked about that last week you and I and again Pretty sure that it was going to happen uh, sooner than later. Um, t- tell us a little bit about what you were hearing behind the scenes. Look, a lot of uh, even though um, Woodward said this was about the you know the record on the field, I think everybody uh, realizes now that a lot of that a lot of this also has to do with what was going on off the field uh, with that Ogeron uh, as much as it was on the field. You've been very close to this uh, since since the beginning. Tell us well, again what you know, what you've heard.
7: Yeah, look, I you and I have talked about this, Ian, and you have an understanding for it. When you, when you sign that contract, when you become LSU's head football coach, there's some things that come along with that, that you have to sacrifice. And there, there's an understanding that it's a public relations machine 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And you have to be responsible for that. And, you know, Ed Ogeron just, he didn't live up to that. He, He didn't, he didn't hold that standard. He didn't respect that part of the job. And, you know for as much as they've struggled on the field and they've struggled tremendously I, I still think that the majority of this decision uh was based on the fact that he just he he couldn't grasp the public relations of 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 the the, the job and um you know ultimately that caught, that caught up with him and and I think they wanted to make that announcement uh just in case you know this this team which you know has potential because they've got players yes. to, you know, to, to beat teams like they did last Saturday with Florida. I mean, they, they could beat Ole Miss tomorrow. I mean, you know, they could, they could line up in a couple of weeks and beat Arkansas. You know I mean? They could, they Mm -hmm. could go toe to toe with Texas A&M. So, I mean, if they were to win all those games, you know, Scott Woodward didn't want to be in a position where he'd have to say, you know, after a a winning season that they were firing the coach. Um, You know, I was told a week ago today because the decision was made really last Thursday night that, he could beat Ole Miss, he could beat Florida, he could beat Alabama, Texas A&M, and Arkansas, and he's not coming back next year. So they, they want to make that announcement because uh, they just want to stay out in front of it.
0: What are you hearing? Again, we, we, we you said it on this program. So everybody uses the, uh, the term uh, big-name big hunter when it comes to Scott Woodward uh, in filling out the, uh, the, the next head coaching position uh, for the LSU football program. What are you hearing? Who's he going after? Uh, who are some possible candidates that you think may be in line here? Now, I, he's doing this strategically, again, quietly behind the scenes, which seems to be his MO. But, again, anything that you, that you may have for the audience would be appreciated.
7: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, and I think you pointed it out there. The, the the vast difference between Scott Woodward's athletic department and the previous regime's athletic department is that there's zero leaks. There, there's no information that's coming out uh, of LSU that, that – you know, gives the sign to any media member, to any insider, to any booster, to any alumni. Now, I think that there's a pack of people that know what's going on, but it's a very, very tight circle, and that's how Scott Woodward operates. He's operated like that in his previous stops. He's done that in his short time here at LSU, and, you know, I'm hearing the same names that everybody else is hearing. I I think that, you know, Mel Tucker has a real shot at this. I think Billy Napier has a real shot at this. I think that, um, you know, even names down the list – uh, like Lane Kiffin will be looked at. I don't know how much you know Lane Kiffin's last Saturday night in Knoxville might have played him out of that. Just because LSU is looking to avoid the the circus, the side act uh, in, in this hire, they want to make sure and keep it all about football. Uh, that that that's one thing that I do know. Um, so you know, look, I, I think that there's names out there that are going to get some looks. Scott Woodward is a big game hunter. He, he's going to go after a big fish and. You know, it may be even a guy like Billy Napier in the end who just kind of checks all the boxes and is pretty solid uh, that may end up getting it. So it's going uh, to be interesting to see how the next couple of weeks go. But it, it's going to happen quick, um, E, because, you know, I mean, this, this early signing period of recruiting uh, is something that you really got to pay attention to and make sure that, that, that you're able to hold on to and, and at least salvage as much as you can.
0: The, the, the task in front of him is, again, it's not the, it's not the, the job itself. The job is a top-five job. They're going to pay more than anybody out there. So they, they're going to, they, they've got a, a hotbed of recruits. They're the only school, uh, again, in the state of Louisiana, a big-time school. I mean, it checks all the boxes for a coach. But how do you woo a guy that has a great program now that's considered one of the top coaches in college football to LSU when that team may still have an opportunity to win a championship this year? Well,
7: it's a good question. And I think that LSU is, 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 you know, that's some of the stuff that they're, they're negotiating against. And, you know, like you pointed out, I think everybody's going to pay attention to the job just because of the recruiting fertile grounds that you have, obviously the money's going to make everybody pay attention. Um, But, you know, depending on where you are in your football life, LSU could be a, you know, a major, major giant for, for, for your resume building. I mean, just to, to have, you know, I mean, when you think about Lane Kiffin, he's a very accomplished as a football coach, as a head coach. He's not, he's not too accomplished. He looks at the LSU job as a real place that he can come in and beef up a resume. Dave Aranda at Baylor, you know, what I mean, he's done a good job over a year and a half at Baylor, but how much can he really win in Waco? He looks at the LSU job and says, "Man, I can, you know, possibly win a couple of SEC titles, national championships, and." You know, really kind of ride off into the sunset with a legacy that really means something to to, to college football. So, you know, I think that the, the the job is very attractive. The recruiting grounds are are obviously, um, you know, they, they speak for themselves. And you know, I think that it's it, there's a lot of people behind the scenes right now that are that are gearing up and trying to trying to make a run at this thing.
0: You know, a lot of fans again, will have have visions of Lincoln Riley, or again, um, you know, I mean, uh, throw up the top coaches in, in all of college football. That those guys are are going to take a hard look uh, at LSU. You know, uh, Franklin up up, uh, you know, uh, also um, uh, Dabo Sweeney. I mean, all all of the, all these guys. Is it a letdown if it ends up being a Mel Tucker or, or, or a Billy Napier? And it's nothing against those guys' ability to be able to coach. But, again, when you, your, your expectations are, again, the best of, of the best, and, and uh, that's the reputation of the athletic director, would it be a letdown if ultimately came to one of those names?
7: Possibly to a section of the crowd, but I think that the majority of the people really trust in Scott Woodward. I, I think his, his track record and his, his work ethic kind of speak for itself, and he's really done – LSU, a lot of good work, and the, the 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 couple of hires that he's made since he's been here in Baton Rouge. Um, when when you just look at this job, you know he. I, I've said for a little bit now that I, I think this is this is Scott Woodward's. I mean, this is almost like kind of a, a lifelong professional journey that's coming to a head here. You know, I think that he's he's looked at him, himself as always wanting to come back to LSU and be an administrator when he left in early. Uh, in the early 2000s and went to Washington and A&M, I think he always had in the back of his head that he wanted to come back to Baton Rouge. And, you know, he knew at some point he was going to have to make this hire. And you only really get one chance, one crack, one swing at it. And he knows that. And, you know, you've got to trust him in this process because he's got a hell of a resume and he's got a great track record of attracting talent and bringing in the right people yes. at the right time. And, you know, whether it's a big name or whether it's a guy off the radar like Jay Johnson, you know, I mean, not a lot mm-hmm. of people were talking about Jay Johnson and that LSU sure. baseball coaching search and the the, the the early return on investment with Jay Johnson around the LSU community has just been tremendous. Mikey Matuk has started to do a little work with us, and he's been up there the past couple of weeks, and I mean – you know, whether you're Skip Burtman's crowd, whether you're Paul Maneri's crowd, you know, the LSU baseball community is really impressed with what Johnson is accomplishing. And I think, you know, Scott Woodward's trying to kind of follow that model um, here and bringing in a football coach.
0: Yeah, well, you, you know what I said to you last week, and I've seen over the last few weeks? To me, it doesn't have to be the biggest name. It has to be a guy right. that you consider maybe being the next Nick Saban. Who's the next great coach that you can you can woo to this to this program, especially now when you're looking at a situation where maybe some of the top coaches are going to be in a in in in, in line for again a playoff spot, and you might not be able to woo them away uh, from their universities, no matter again how great of a job this is. So to me, it's got to be the best. The best, not exactly again the biggest name. Agreed.
7: No, and I think that that's. That's what Scott Woodward is trying to accomplish here. He's, he's not trying – you know, Jimbo's name was in this early. This isn't Jimbo's job now. This isn't the time. Dabo right. Sweeney's name has been – you know, I mean, I think that mm. Dabo Sweeney may be able to get a couple of more dollars out of this. He's not coming to LSU. I mean, sure. even James Franklin kind of feels like an outsider, mm-hmm. in my opinion, on this just because his name and his cachet feel a little big. I'm telling you the name that I really feel like is gaining steam. And when you think about it and think about that Jay Johnson-type model, mm. It's very mm-hmm. similar. Billy Napier at the University of Louisiana, Lafayette, when you look at what he's done a short time and how impressive he is, just built a consistent winner. You know, Some people in the LSU community are a, a little you know, insecure saying that they can't hire Lafayette's coach. Well, if he's yep. the best for the job, then you better do it because, um, because
0: that's just... Um, you know, that, 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 well, you that's might be lining up against him in problem. another SEC school if you don't.
7: Yeah, that's exactly right. And look, hey, Bill. I mean, uh, he he's told three SEC schools no. I mean, the confidence right. that you have to have to say no to South Carolina, Mississippi State, and last year he did the same to Auburn. He, he either knows something, or this guy is real confident and bidding on himself, which you know I love. Either way, mm-hmm.
0: no doubt, no doubt. All right, um, two two final questions for you. Number one. Yeah. How do they hold on to the recruits they have? Ed Ogeron's saying again he's going to try to get involved in, it. but he's 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 a lame duck. I mean, how do you, I mean, he, that that to me, I don't know how much that makes a difference. And then the final question is, can they win at Ole Miss tomorrow?
7: I think they can. I really do because there's a they're, they're, they're playing with a mentality now that is very loose, and that that's a dangerous you know proposition for for an opponent. I think Florida can tell you that firsthand. I mean, they they, they knew. That Ed Ogeron was cooked last Saturday. Ed Ogeron knew he was cooked last Saturday. He he just kind of went out there and let his coaches coach and let his players play. And you know, forty-nine points later, they won. I think that that same thing can happen tomorrow. You know, against Ole Miss, Ole Miss is a little beat up. They had a real physical game last week versus Tennessee. Matt Corral, and he carried it thirty times in an SEC game. That's that's a hell of a that's a hell of a Saturday for a quarterback. Uh, and then have to line up and do it again against a pretty physical defense is going to be. It, it'll be interesting to see how uh, you know how 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 Ole Miss responds. I think they can win the game. To your second question on the recruits, I think it's a phenomenal question, and I've wondered it too. You know how you really keep somebody motivated and how you keep somebody passionate when you know you've taken something away from them that they're supposed to be you know recruiting for. And um, it, it's interesting. I think Austin Thomas and Mason Smith, some guys that are in the. Recruiting department, or they're they're going to be there, and and they're going to be uh, they're going to be around the situation, and, and I think they'll probably make it through to the to the next the next hire. So uh, I think people like that are real instrumental right now. Uh, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult message. It's a difficult time, and uh, this class of 2022 is it's revolutionary. You know, what I mean this is this could be the backbone to a national championship yes. run. So. They've got to try to find a hang on as as, as as tight as they can to, to make sure and keep this class
0: intact. Jordy, thanks for the time as always. Appreciate the knowledge. One more time, let the folks know how they can follow you on social media, how they can check out your great program. Thank you. Uh,
7: thanks for having me back, man. You can find us at the Colada show on uh, social media at Colada show and tune in every Sunday, uh, every Monday through Friday, seven to nine AM uh, on YouTube, Facebook and JordyColadaShow.com and, as we said, we'll be there on Sunday nights as well. We usually get started about 8 o'clock. And B.J. O'Jolary and Keyshawn Boutte have been coming by uh, as we've signed up some, uh, some name, image, and likeness deals with them. So, uh, at Collada One Media, thank you as always, e.
0: Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. That's, again, Jordy okay. Collada, the Jordy Collada Show. All right, again, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. If your A.C. breaks down over the weekend, don't even sweat it. Call my friends at Burkhardt. They're on duty. They're ready for you. Fifteen trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or your business. At Burkhardt, you can be rest assured they're only doing the work that's necessary. Never gouge you, never cheat you. Again, it's all about the Burkhardt uh, name. Their reputation means as much to them as anything else. They want you telling your friends and family how you were treated. At Burkhardt Air Conditioning and they will be there to help you. Doesn't matter what type of system you have at your home or your business, they're authorized to service it. If you're getting the runaround from from in your normal air conditioning uh, and heating company, call Burkhardt. ACpromise.com. ACpromise.com
5: marketing your business on social media these days can be a real challenge knowing the difference between a boost and a post or a click and a like can make your head swim plus the time and attention you lose from you know actually running your business but don't worry cumulus media is here to help our turnkey social media marketing options help you reach more than 1.1 million active users in the metro area on facebook and instagram and turn them into your customers contact us today to get started at nola at cumulus.com and ask about our plus 20 special
3: People from all over Louisiana are taking advantage of five years zero interest financing at Diamonds Direct. But time is running out. You have until this Saturday to take advantage of this amazing offer. How about a $10,000 engagement ring for just $167 a month? Everything's included. Plus, a portion of proceeds from every purchase will benefit Cajun Navy Ground Force and Second Harvest. This is the last week to take advantage of this offer. Five years zero interest financing through Saturday only and only at Diamonds Direct on Severn Avenue.
0: Well, I started my own restaurant because I love to cook. But that also means a lot of greasy pots and pans. And we can't waste time with endless sink changeovers. So we upgraded to Dawn Professional Pot and Pan. Dawn Professional cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink than the leading competitor. Less dish soap, fewer changeovers,
2: and more time doing what we love. Dawn Professional. It's clean. Upgraded. From PG Professional.
5: Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on specials for cooler weather, like cute boots and booties starting at $27.99, and warm new coats for all, 50 to 60% off. And get cafe style coffee at your fingertips with select Nespresso bundles for only $124.99, now at Macy's. Plus, get your Macy's order faster when you pick up curbside or in store, or try same day delivery powered by DoorDash. Savings off sale and clearance prices exclusion supply. Bye.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock. Each and every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6, right here on 106.1 FM. Don't forget, Doug Mouton joins me on the uh, award-winning Inside New Orleans tonight, 9 o'clock on Pelican, 10 o'clock on LAE, 2 a.m. on The Deuce, and uh, 5 p.m. tomorrow afternoon on Pelican Sports Television. Already on our social media platforms, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, and Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. All right. want to thank uh, Jordy Collada for joining us in the program. Also, Fletcher Mackle of Channel 6 Sports. I uh, want to thank um, uh, also uh, our, what was our third guest. It was, uh, give me just one second here, um, uh, Will Gillery of, of The Athletic uh, joining us live from Chicago for the Pelicans game uh, tonight. Remember, no Saints game on Sunday. That means Monday we'll be talking about Saints in Seattle. Uh, and I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget about my friends over at uh, William Grant. Uh, the independent family still since 1887. You're out and about. You're looking for a cocktail or two. Maybe, again, you're uh, refilling that liquor cabinet. Henry's Jim Malaco Tequila, Rekha Vaca. Hot Spirits on the Market. Glenfitti Scotch Whiskey. The Grand Splendid Scotch Whiskey. The Balvini Scotch Whiskey. All award-winning scotches. Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Second-largest selling Irish Whiskey in all the world. Uh, Sailor Jerry Rum and Florida Cognac Nicaraguan Rum, as well as Fistful of Bourbon and Hudson Bourbon, all part of the portfolio of William Grant. All right, um, the podcast will be up shortly after the program ends if you missed any of today's program uh, and of course i uh, want to remind everybody keep it right here on 106.1 for the 27th year of the original countdown That show starts at 6 o'clock over at Francesca by Katie's with, again, my good friends Lessees and Jude Young. It's McDonough 35 night. That means Coach uh, Frank Daggs will be there, and, of course, all, again, the the, um, folks from McDonough 35. The original takes over at 7 with Ken Trahan, reports live from 45 games around the state, interviews, winning coaches, analysis uh, from around the state, and you know it's the best scoreboard in the state at CrestedSports.com. Get your best prep, uh, prep coverage, football coverage in the state, uh, coming up from 6 to midnight right here on 106.1 FM. And, again, there's no reason to move it. Move the dial, especially if you love high school athletics. Ken's been doing this for a long, long time. He's got probably the best group uh, out there around the country that covers uh, high school athletics. And, of course, between sports.com and, and, of course, right here on 106.1, uh, Ken Trahan's got you covered when it comes to prep sports. All right. Keep it right here on 106.1. Thanks to Rudy back at studio. Thanks to, again, all of you that listen on a day-in, day-out basis, either on the podcast or, again, here at 106.1 FM. Uh, And as always, have a wonderful weekend. My name is Eric Ash. We'll see you straight up 4 o'clock on Monday from the dog kids to the governor. They all got to go.